Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the fifth episode of the Detroit Lion Fan Forum podcast. This week, we're going to do a review of the poll that we posted. We want to talk about who everybody thought was the greatest NFL running back of all time. And if we have time, we might get into a little sneak peek of our upcoming schedule review. So let's get right to it. Let's talk about the result of the poll that we posted on the fan forum. I don't think anybody would be surprised to know that Barry Sanders won by a landslide. I think he had 28 or 29 votes. The next closest one might have been with two or three votes. So again, nobody's surprised. But what do you guys think about that? I think it's no surprise that Barry won by a landslide in our own poll. Again, obviously, it's a Detroit Lions fan forum. Much of our fans that are even out of the state are from the state of Michigan, the Detroit Lions fans. So it's no surprise to me that he won in in such a big landslide. I do feel that if this was much more of a a national poll, you're going to see some other names that are going to have maybe a few more votes than Barry. There's still a lot of people out there that like some of the older school guys that we never got a chance to see play a guy like Jim Brown and, and Walter Payton. You know, I think for me, whenever I think of the greatest of all time, no matter what position you're playing, you hear a lot of people refer to this as who, what is your Mount Rushmore of players? And for me, I think the national media, the, the, all the fans, I think mostly they can agree on the Mount Rushmore of the all time greatest running backs is probably Jim Brown, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith. Again, that's in no particular order. For me, my Mount Rushmore is a little bit different. I have most of the same guys on there. Uh, there's one guy that differs, but also for me, Barry Sanders is by far the greatest running back to ever play the game. And I don't think there's ever going to be a better running back than Barry Sanders. Yeah, I totally agree with what Bone's saying also. I think depending on where this you know, people are voting on this poll. We might see a couple different players jump up on top, but for the most part, I think that Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, Tony Dorsett, maybe Jim Brown, even Eric Dickerson might always be uh, close to the top. Um, obviously, being from Detroit, we all love Barry Sanders, and we are kind of biased. But to be totally honest, I mean, it's not only my opinion. I think in many people's opinion, if he played more years, there's no doubt that he would be the best running back of all time. I mean, Emma Smith had a couple, you know, longer years to his career and was able to put up some, I don't want to say garbage numbers, but padded those stats a little bit late in his career, probably when he should have hung his cleats up a little bit. But um, I agree with everything Bone said. Same with the Mount Rushmore. He didn't mention Eric Dickerson, I don't believe, but that's another name that I see a lot of people put out there. And what was actually interesting to me when we ran this poll, if you actually pull up the leaders, you know, all-time running back leaders, there's a couple of guys up there that you don't even think about, like Frank Gore. Um, Frank Gore is number three in rushing yards in NFL history which a lot of people don't realize that same with like Curtis Martin. He's up there. And one of my favorite running backs of all time, uh, LT LT was a machine. I loved him. He was my fantasy man every year. We're also a younger generation. I think if we ask our parents or fans that have been around longer, we're going to hear a couple different names. Also. Bob kind of took the words out of my mouth. You know, there's a lot of the guys that, that played long before we were watching football. But then there's those guys on that list, like Curtis Martin, like AP, like LT guys that, that you don't realize or, or don't hold in that high regard because it's such recent memory. When you think about the top running backs, you don't have to go 
too far back to find some great ones. And Frank Gore is someone that I wanted to spend some time talking about. His volume of games, his his flashy days are long gone, but he is still in the league. He's still playing. He's still picking up four, five, six hundred yards a season. And can you fault the guy that medical science is better than it was 15 years ago? Can you fault the guy that he's able to keep playing? Not not everybody has these 2,000 back-to-back, 2,000-yard seasons. So it's just so interesting when you break down this whole list how some of these guys are still playing or very recently retired. Just so everybody knows, I'll run down real quick. Emmett Smith, 18,355 yards. Walter Payton, 16,726 yards. Frank Gore and even 16,000 still counting. Sanders, 15,269. AP, 14,820. Curtis Martin, 14,101. LT, 13,684. And then you got guys still on that list like uh, Eric Dickerson, Jerome Bettis, uh, Tony Dorsett, Jim Brown clocking in with uh, just over 12,000 yards. You still got a lot of big names, Marshall Falk, Edwin James, guys that, we, uh, that we've that we seen play recently. What do you think about that longevity? Like a guy like Frank Gore, does he deserve to be on the list like that, Ronnie? No, I don't think so. I don't think longevity, at least in this case, just for Frank Gore, Frank Gore deserves for him to be on this list. Is Frank Gore a good player? Of course he's a good player. You know, he had several good seasons in the league, but just because you're averaging, you know, 600, 700 yards when you're 38 years old in the league, yeah, that's great, but those aren't great overall numbers. Those aren't better than the top running backs in the league. Let's be honest here. Are you going to say that Frank Gore is as good as Walter Payton? Are you going to say that Frank Gore is as good as Jim Brown? Are you going to say that Frank Gore is as good as Barry Sanders? There's no way in hell Frank Gore is comparable to those guys. Yeah, he has the stats because of his longevity, because he can stay healthy. And again, that's not a knock on him. He's still a good player. He is just not that dynamic. He's not that special of a player. He's special because he aged gracefully, not because he can take over a game and, and, and be the mainstay of a football team there's more than one way to look at this list. And Ronnie and I have been talking about this since middle school. Some of these guys that didn't have the career longevity, that didn't have the 1500 plus rushing yard seasons, but guys like John Riggins, what he was able to do for a few years, Christian Okoye, that kind of revolutionized uh, the power running back game. Guys like Warwick Dunn, Jamal Anderson, Terrell Davis, that didn't have the career longevity necessarily, but guys that were insanely productive when they played guys that helped their teams win the championship. So my point is there's more than one way to look at this. Without a doubt. And also I just want to point out, it's hard for me sometimes to compare the guys that we watched growing up to some of the older generations. I said earlier, the Mount Rushmore, right? The Mount Rushmore, I think everyone can agree upon Jim Brown, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith. Maybe there's one guy on that list that you can replace but I think for the most part, those are the mainstays. And again, it's hard for me to say, I'm going to compare this guy to Walter Payton. I'm going to compare this guy to Jim Brown. I never saw them play. We saw their highlights. We know their stats. We we grew up listening to people tell us that they were the greatest of all time. And I think that is the case. But for me, when I look at this Mount Rushmore, I really compare Barry Sanders to Emmett Smith. And it really pisses me off when I have to defend Barry Sanders compared to Emmett Smith because 
Barry Sanders was so much better than Emmett Smith. And Bob said it earlier, Emmett Smith, again, had the longevity. Does that mean he's a special, more dynamic player than Barry Sanders? No, it doesn't. It just means he could play longer. Barry decided to leave football. He wasn't hurt. He decided to leave. If Barry stays, I think hands down, he's still number one right now with most yards, maybe not most touchdowns, but most pretty much every major running back category that's there, it's Barry's. I mean, Barry was the most electric player to play the fo- play football. The only other guy maybe I can think of at the top of my head that was as electric as Barry Sanders that I saw play in real life that was a great player was Randy Moss. Maybe you could compare him to like a Michael Vick as well. Like Michael Vick is not nearly as great as Barry Sanders was, but he was that type of electric type of player. Barry Sanders is the most elusive running back to ever play the game. He's definitely the most agile running back to ever play the game. And with his size, what he did was purely amazing. He was not the biggest guy in the field. He was never the biggest running back ever, but his legs were the size of tree trunks. The guy could cut like no other running back I've ever seen. You can find running back photos of Barry Sanders online right now. His legs are parallel to the ground and his body is upright. His body moved in a way that shouldn't, it shouldn't be normal. Humans shouldn't move like that. And the guy was able to stay healthy. There is no way Emmett Smith never ran like that. Emmett Smith played with some of the greatest football teams of all time. He graded with some of the best offensive linemen, most well-coached staffs of all time. Barry Sanders, yes, I think he's better than Jim Brown and Walter Payton, but I know for a fact he is better than Emmett Smith. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, when I was actually in college at Oakland University, he was going there at the same time. So he would be playing basketball in the rec center every day, and his legs were massive. I mean, he was dunking basketballs at the age of 40-something, on young college kids and pickup games. It was unreal. But another thing I was looking at, I wanted to bring up too, is if you, if we, what makes up a good running back, right? Is it the whole package? We're talking about yards right now, right? But if we look at touchdowns, like career touchdowns, all-time leaders, the names changed a little bit up at the top. So, I mean, obviously Emma Smith is still number one, but then coming in two, three, and four is LT Marcus Allen, who we haven't even talked about, and Adrian Peterson. Um, Barry is what 10th on this list with 99 touchdowns. But if we're going to talk about, you know, the greatest of all time, I think we got to look at every kind of stat category because yards is a lot of it, but touchdowns is a big part of it also. No doubt, Bob. I I agree with you on that. But again, when I look at the greatest of all time, you got to include everything. I think stats, you got to include what type of player they are. And I always kind of look at it and you can't measure this stat, but what would this team do? without this special player, right? If the Dallas Cowboys didn't have Emmett Smith in the 90s, they're probably still going to win a Super Bowl or two, or they're probably still going to be making the playoffs every year and making long playoff runs. If the Detroit Lions did not have Barry Sanders, they're never making the playoffs. I mean, come on here. They're not. And Barry Sanders played on very mediocre Lions teams, except for maybe 1991. And the fact that he had 99 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns in his career is amazing. The fact that he was a 2,000-yard rusher on mediocre Lions teams is, is amazing. And a thing that I, I, I saw, too, I wanted to ask you guys this. For offensive line six, and I know, Bob, you're a big offensive line guy, 
Can you tell me how many Pro Bowl offensive linemen Barry Sanders played with? Like Lomez Brown, obviously. There is some there, but it's not a lot. There's two. Lot. Lomas, Brown, Lomas Brown is one, like you said, and the other is Kevin Glover. Ten years, Barry Sanders played with two Pro Bowl offensive linemen. Lomas was the big one. He made, I think, six Pro Bowls during his time with Barry. Kevin Glover made three. Only once did one of those guys make a first-team All-Pro, and that was Lomas Brown, I, th- I believe, in 1995. You compare it to a guy like Emmett Smith. Emmett hmm. Smith played with Larry Allen. He played with Nate Newton. He played with Eric Williams. He played with Mark Stepnoski. He played with Ray Donaldson. And he played with Mark Tuanai. All those guys made the Pro Bowl or they made first team all pro teams with Emmett Smith. And they all just didn't make one Pro Bowl. They all made multiple Pro Bowls. And again, Larry Allen, probably one of the best guards of all time. Maybe if you had to pick your five best linemen of all time, I think Larry Allen's probably on that offensive line. In my mind, the two aren't comparable, and Barry Sanders is so much better. I think, hands down, Barry Sanders is top of the list by far. I think that Emmett, you know, I don't know if it's – I just don't like him personally as a player, but, I mean, they just don't compare. You're you're so 100% correct on that. I agree, Bob. If you want to talk about – you know, the Mount Rushmore of dancing with the stars. You can have that Smith on there. <laughs> nice. You know what? You know what we have to mention since you, you did your homework on all the offensive linemen. Um, who remembers Eric Andelsack? I can't say I remember Eric Andelsack. I believe that he was a guard for the Lions. Uh, he was trending towards the Pro Bowl, I believe. I don't want to quote his stats directly because I never saw him play. I don't know that much about him. Uh, But I think he had a string of like 50 consecutive games started. I think he was a higher draft pick. It was a piece that they got to to surround Barry with. And he was hit by an 18-wheel truck while mowing his grass and killed. And then, of course, you have Utley. I mean, so you got one guy that's hit by an 18-wheeler while he's – hanging out in his own front yard. And then Utley who gave that famous thumbs up, but then never played football again. So it's like the, the lion curse. They, even if they tried to bring something in for Barry, something would happen inevitably. Without a doubt, Hitch, you're exactly right. You know, it's again, it's just unfortunate what happened to those guys. And it's obviously nobody's fault what happened, but man, it's just, it's the curse. It is. It's true. It's real. We talked about it our whole lives and, I do feel like it's somewhat of a curse too that we still got to argue with people on who's the best running back of all time when it's clearly Barry Sanders, you know? I also want to point out there was a tight end too on the Dallas Cowboys that made like five or six Pro Bowls during Emmett Smith's career. And we all know back then those tight ends were blocking tight ends. So again, that's like adding a, a sixth offensive lineman there that was helping Emmett Smith rush for all these, you know, pillow yards, as I like to say, and rush for all these extra touchdowns because they were just scoring at will. Also, you know, not to diminish, you know, Tommy touchdown Vardell and Corey Schlesinger from back in the day, but the Cowboys also had a great fullback and Daryl Moose Johnson. I mean, he's one of the best of all time to ever do it. And that just added to Emmett as well, having all these great years. One thing I did want to ask you guys though, and we kind of touched on it. We said, 
it's nobody's fault. You know, that's the team they just played for, but I kind of mentioned, you know, in my mind, what makes the greatest of all time, or maybe an MVP candidate for every year is what would the team do without that certain player? And not to say, what would the teams do without these players? But what if the roles were reversed? Do you think that Emmett Smith is considered the greatest of all time, or he does he lead the NFL in all-time rushing yards if he plays 14 years for the Lions? Do you think Barry Sanders gets three Super Bowls? Maybe he gets five Super Bowls if he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. What are your guys' thoughts on that? That's a great point, and I think that that's kind of everybody's argument with Barry is he did so much with so little. Uh, I don't to answer your question directly. I don't think Emmett Smith would be close to rushing King uh, on any other team besides for Dallas. Obviously, he got his fluff yards late in his career with Arizona. That didn't, I know, you know, pushed him over, but it didn't really matter. Strangely enough, we've been talking about this for ten minutes and really haven't said anything about Walter Payton. I think that Payton might be the only other guy. I don't know, maybe Marco Falk, a guy, an athletic guy like that. Those couple of guys in this top 10 or 15, going back to uh, rushing yards, Walter Payton could have done what he did on the Lions, I think, or close to it. And and he he might be the only one on this list that, that has the versatility similar to Barry. Yeah, I agree. You know, earlier I said the Mount Rushmore, the – the, what the nat- national perception may be. And I said that I necessarily don't agree with that. Obviously, I think it's known the one player that I don't think should be on that top four pedestal, and that's Emmett Smith, even though he does lead the NFL career in yards and touchdowns. I personally would put in Emmett Smith's place is, is Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk to me was, was just amazing. Again, maybe I'm a little biased because I, I got to watch him growing up. But Marshall Falk was a truly a, an amazing player, and he truly changed the running back position. I mean, this is a guy that not only did he have over 12,000 rushing yards, which is very comparable to a lot of these guys in the top 10, but he had almost 800 receptions in his career. He had almost 7,000 reception yards in his career. You know, I compared the all-time numbers, all-time yards numbers from Emmett Smith to Marshall Falk. I believe Emmett Smith has about 21,000 total yards. Marshall Falk has 19,000 total yards. And this is a guy that played in like three or four less seasons than, than Emmett Smith. And that just shows you how much Marshall Falk was involved in, in the game of football. I mean, they, they did everything with them without Marshall Falk. Again, they're not winning a Super Bowl. And I think a lot of people forget how good Marshall Falk was. Obviously, the original greatest show on turf, right? The Or maybe not the original. I still say the Lions were the original, but the self-proclaimed greatest show on turf, the St. Louis Rams with Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, obviously Marshall Falk. Man, I, I just think I, I love Marshall Falk growing up. I think he's great. I really liked LT. I know you guys mentioned LaDainian Tomlinson earlier. There's a part of me that might put LT above Marshall Falk in that category, but it's the lack of a Super Bowl. And it kind of hurts him in my mind. But again, back to Barry, that just shows you how great of a player Barry Sanders was because the guy never even got close to a Super Bowl. And hands down, people will tell you he is the greatest of all time. You got to remember, when we talk about the greatest of all time quarterbacks, if you don't win a Super Bowl, you're not in that category. 
but it's different with Barry. And I think that's very important to realize that that's how good this guy was. That's how dynamic he was. Guy never got close to a Super Bowl, never won one. And they will still tell you he is the greatest. You know, Dan Marino in my mind is what? The greatest quarterback to never win one, right? But still, you don't really hear many people argue that Dan Marino is better than Tom Brady. Dan Marino is better than Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Like you just, you just don't hear that. Or Dan Marino is better than Peyton Manning. That shows you how good Barry is. Never got close to a Super Bowl, never played in one, never won one. And people will hands down tell you he is by far better than everyone else that's ever played the position. So let's take Barry out of the conversation for a minute, just, just to kind of flesh this out. Barry has the consensus. He was the consensus winner of the poll on the fan forum. I think all three of us here tonight are saying that we agree, hands down, Barry. But take Barry out of it. Take the full picture in scope here and think about what these guys did for their teams, their ability to catch the ball, their ability to break tackles, their ability to block. Think about each player as a whole without Barry. Who's next on your list? On my list? Well, it's tough. Again, you know, it's hard to ignore the fact that Walter Payton and Jim Brown are not next as two and three. I, I, I don't know who I'd rank ahead. Personally, when I look at highlights, I think Walter Payton just looks unreal. I like the way Walter Payton played the game of football. I guess if you push came to shove, I'd pick Walter over Jim Brown. But two and three, they're very close for me. And then it would probably be Marshall Falk in my top four, just as my who I think is the greatest to ever do it. Yeah, for me, it's tough, too, because you hear so much about Walter Payton and Jim Brown. But for us, we weren't around when these guys played. So we kind of put them there because based off of stats and numbers and what we hear from other people, but personally, I've never seen them play. So we know they have to be up there, obviously at two and three, but for me, after those two, I'd probably go, I mean, LT is my like man crush growing up. So I, I love him, but how can I put him above like Dorsett or Dickerson? Same with Bettis. We don't talk a lot about Bettis. He was a different kind of running back. But growing up, I loved Jerome Bettis. I had a jersey. I had a hat. My senior pictures in high school, I had his jersey on. But if I had to pick after Peyton and Brown, I think you have to go with – I'll go with LT. The amount of touchdowns that he used to square was unreal. A game I remember against Sam Fran uh, where literally I'd step into the room – and he'd be scoring a touchdown. I'd go get a beer or go do something, come back, he's scoring a touchdown. I think it was one of his four touchdown, 200-yard days. Uh, so it's it's hard to not elevate him up the list because of the recent memories. But I, I agree with everything that you guys are saying. I guess the one guy that I've always liked and always valued, always thought uh, that if his earlier career started a little bit better, he would be much higher up this list is Curtis Martin. I've always loved Curtis Martin. Ronnie's laughing because he knows I love Curtis Martin. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I love the guy. He was a bruiser. He was uh, kind of like an all around, all purpose back, uh, good blocking back. So I would, I would put Curtis Martin in the top five or six for myself personally. You know, who we didn't even talk about, honestly. And I think it's because he's actually still playing, but he's late in his career and he just played here and, 
we kind of don't remember what he used to do, but Adrian Peterson used to be a bad man when he was younger. He did some stuff, and he's number five all time right now and gaining. He's a guy that might get a spot um, on a roster still once an injury happens or if something happens during camp. I agree, Bob. Adrian Peterson was truly amazing when he first started his career. And if he didn't have those two big injuries that he had early on, talking much differently about Adrian Peterson right now with where he might be in the all-time numbers and could he be breaking Emmett Smith's record? He was a lot of fun to watch. And for me, when I watched him play, he was such a violent runner. And that's, I love watching guys like that run the football. But when I watch him and I see highlights of Walter Payton, they're very similar to each other in my mind. I may be completely wrong. Again, we've never seen it, just highlights. Maybe some people that if they listen to this, they can make some suggestions who they think Adrian Peterson looks like. But when I see those two guys run side by side, they look very similar to me. But AP is a guy that is going to be up there with some of the all-time greats. There is one other guy. I mean, I know we talked about Frank Gore a little bit. I don't mean to knock him. Yes, the longevity and the yards. He's got to be up there in the all-time greats. Is he a top five? I don't think so. But another guy that's playing right now, the only other guy that I think that is playing right now that could be an all-time great besides AP and Frank Gore is Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry has a chance to be very, very special as long as he can stay healthy. The guy already had a 2,000-yard rushing season. He's been close a couple other times. I mean, that guy, you talk about a bad man, that guy's a bad man. And there's guys that don't want to hit him, and it's great to see guys run away from him and just run with him to hopefully run him out of bounds or something. But Derrick Henry, is he's, he's a beast, and if he stays healthy, watch out. You know what's crazy? If you look at Henry, how many years has he played now? Four years? That's 2016 to 20. He's already number 100 on the all-time rushing list and gaining. By the end of this season, he'll probably be all the way up. Let's look. Probably in the 70s. He's a guy that if he can get another 2,000-yard rushing season, that pretty much puts him in the Hall of Fame. And he's a guy that if you tack on, like Bob was starting to say, if you tack on another 5,000 yards, he's upwards or north of 11,000 yards. He's a guy that belongs in the conversation with guys like uh, Marshall Falk, with guys like um, Curtis Martin, guys that that had an impact but never like truly – not LT, I shouldn't have said LT, but guys that like truly never achieved that level of greatness as the top five. But he's he's pretty close to to penciling himself into that category. Yeah, after I kind of wrote down who I thought was the best of all time or the top five, top four, again, just to round out my top five, just to prove that I don't hate Emmett Smith, I still think Emmett's five. Emmett Smith is in the top five. I mean, the guy still had some unbelievable numbers. I just think he had a lot of help to get there more so than some of the other guys on this list. Okay. And then I kind of broke it down of guys that I saw play guys that are still playing and that guys were a little bit before my time or our time that we, we can't really talk much about or can't say much about because we didn't see them play. But some of the guys we already talked about, you know, on this list, that guys that we saw play or I saw play LT, Obviously, Marshall Falk, I said, was in my top four. Jerome Bettis, Bob nailed it. I've loved Jerome Bettis, too. The guy is completely underrated, in my opinion, for as big as he was, the way he ran, how violent he was. 
this was a guy when you, when they were playing the Baltimore Ravens to watch him and Ray Lewis go head to head, every play was just so much fun for me to watch. Those were just amazing football games to see. Curtis Martin hitched a guy that I listed that I thought was a great player growing up. And then also, I don't think we talked much about him, but Terrell Davis, Terrell Davis, if he stays healthy again, he had a 2000 yard rush season. Are the Denver Broncos winning two Super Bowls without TD? I don't think so. I mean, Terrell Davis was a very special player. Unfortunately for him, he just couldn't stay on the field. Obviously we mentioned the guy, the, the second category I had was guys that are still playing AP Derek Henry, Frank Gore, and then some guys that were a little bit before our time, we kind of mentioned some of them, Eric Dickerson, Marcus Allen, Gail Sayers, Earl Campbell, Thurman Thomas, Bo Jackson even. He only played four years, but Bo Jackson was a very dynamic football player. And lastly, this I mean, I know the guy murdered a couple people, but O.J. Simpson, I mean, regardless of what he did, <laughs> the guy could play football, you know, and Honestly, you'll hear people say that when he played, he was amazing to watch, regardless of what he did off the field. Allegedly. Allegedly. So looking looking at this list, I think that there's only so many ways we can analyze this, but I have one, but I want to ask you guys, who's your honorable mention? Who is somebody that is deeper down this list or somebody maybe not on this list of the top 25, but Who's that guy? Who's that guy that that just holds a special place in your heart? I'll go first, I guess. Mine is Warwick Dunn. Just looking at this list of top 25, Warwick Dunn clocking in at uh, 23 with 10,967 yards. That was just a guy that I really liked to watch play. Um, For those of you on the fan forum that know me, you know that – Derek, or I'm sorry, Warwick Dunn and I are about the same size. <laughs> so I always rooted for the small guys that could get in there and, and tear it up. But who is, who's your guys honorable mention? Yeah, I think that's a good, good pick hitch. I, you know, or we used to watch a lot of work done growing up, obviously being in the old NFC central, we'd see him twice a year and the way Warwick Dunn played with his size, you know, I always used to say he was a poor man's Barry Sanders or he tried to be a poor man's Barry Sanders, but he was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I guess a guy, I'm going to name two people, since we're talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike Allstott was just a joy to watch. That guy was unreal, kind of like watching Jerome Bettis. Just, I just loved watching that guy play and just bulldoze over people. But a guy that I was very big on that actually had a, a, a pretty damn good career, kind of maybe fell apart a little bit towards the end, was Clinton Portis. I was very big on Clinton Portis, especially his rookie year for Denver. I want to say his rookie year, he had over 1,500 yards and over 15 touchdowns. And I don't know if you remember this, Hitch, but I I told a lot of people, I thought this guy was going to be the next Barry Sanders. Obviously, I was very wrong, (laughs) but I thought he could have been special. And he did have some productive years, but Clinton Portis, I was always rooting for him. I liked the way he played the game. And I think this that that big deal he signed with Washington wasn't probably the best spot for him to to go. But I guess you could say Clinton Portis was my guy. I liked um you guys remember Sean Alexander? Oh yeah. I was a big fan of his back in the day. Um he actually I mean, he's above Barry Sanders for rushing touchdowns. 
I haven't seen nowhere close in the yards. I think he was, what is he, 36 on the list with 9,000 and something yards. But he was another guy in fantasy back in the day that I loved to have. He used to blow people over also, though. It was he was a 2,000 yard rusher, wasn't he? I'm looking right. Uh, I think the most he had, he almost was. Almost. The most he had in a season, he had 1880. What's his record then? Does he. Is he up there for most touchdowns in a season or something like that? I thought I remember him breaking a record. L- LT has the record for most touchdowns in a season, but him and LT, mm-hmm. this was back in like the mid-2000s where it was like LaDainian Tomlinson, Sean Alexander, and Priest Holmes were like always going back and forth and breaking each other's records, I feel like, for most touchdowns in a season. 27. 2005 is the year he had 1,880 yards and he had 27 touchdowns. Their record Rushing. was broken like several years in a row, I think, or within a few years of each other. Before the uh, running back fell off the the table for a while and became non-existent in the league for a well, few years. You know, back then they had the workhorses, and I I am still a big fan of that. I mean, look at again, look at Derrick Henry. Have these guys. If your best player is the best, or if your best running back runs the ball the best, play them. I mean, this isn't for fantasy purposes. I used to get pissed off a couple of years ago when I had Aaron Jones and they're putting in Jamal Williams. Nothing against Jamal Williams. Obviously, we have him now, but Aaron Jones was the better running back. Play him. Just Agreed. play your best players. I, got, I understand you got to spell guys, but come on, let's let's get back to the way it was. Unless anybody has anything else to add, I think that was some good commentary. I don't want to belabor the point here. We talked about the same uh, – 10 or 15 guys for quite a while now. Um, what I want to do is I want to give a little preview into what we hope to be doing in the future um, within the next month or so. Hitch, I just want to say I can talk about Barry Sanders all day. <laughs> I think we all could, but it's it's my job to keep this on the rails. So I got, we got to move on. <laughs> if it's your job to keep it on the rails, it's mine to get, keep it off the rails. And whose job do you think is harder? Mine. <laughs> Well, what I was saying is that I would like to give a little preview into what we might be doing, uh, you know, before the end of the summer. Every other podcast that we listen to and uh, follow, they've all done their schedule release. It's really turned into like this big deal in the NFL. Um, they've they've kind of curated it into something that that it isn't, I guess. Um, but every podcast has done it. We talked about doing it. We don't see the point in doing a big comprehensive schedule review right now. We're going to do it for you guys, but probably at the end of uh, preseason, once we kind of have a better idea of what everything looks like, see, you know, if there's any injuries or any big trades. But what I ask these guys to do is prep a little bit and kind of give their own take on potentially what game they're looking forward to the most. So, Bob, did you uh, did you do a little research? I did. Yeah. And I actually right. Real quick, just before I say what game, I do want to say the craziest thing I saw about the schedule is um, how we got to play our division rivals, like the first three out of five games and all on the road. It's going to be insane. And what I thought is really cool, actually, we spent all this time for a couple of weeks talking about the draft and all these players and who we wanted the Lions to pick. And if you look at the schedule, we're going to see basically every player we wanted real close real closely throughout the season. We, we're going to, with the Lions play, we're going to see Chase, Pitts, Trey Lance, Fields, and of course, obviously the Stafford and the Stafford trade. We're going to see them all. So we're either going to see what we missed out on 
or we're going to be happy with what we have in Sewell. But as far as games, there's so many games to pick from. It was hard. Obviously, the schedule for us looks super, super tough this year. But the game I focus on is, for me, is the Cardinals. Um, the Cardinals are already had a good team. They're young. They were fun to watch last year with Murray and Hopkins. But the Cardinals made a bunch of moves. And for someone that doesn't follow them, when I decided to look into what they actually did in this offseason, they got real good. I thought they were already good as is. But if you look at they had a J.J. Watt. They had an A.J. Green, who it had a couple of rough years, but he also was hurt. I think with him not you know, having all the attention on him now with Hopkins there, he's going to come back alive this year. They even added James Conner and Malcolm Butler. And then of course, our favorite player of all time, Matt Prater won our, won our city, a bunch of beers last year, but that I think this game for us is going to be interesting. It's weird on paper, like same as the last couple of times we played them, you look on paper and you're like, Oh no, we're doomed. But to be honest, the last couple of years that we played them, we, we, we hung in there, and I think we beat them. That's the one I'm interested in. I'll keep it short, let you guys, you know, talk more about what you guys want to talk about. But I think with all the moves they made, that that team is going to be, like, dynamic this year. Yeah, I like that game, Bob. I thought about that, picking that game as well, only because it was such an upset in my mind last year when we beat them. I still can't believe we beat them last year, considering how the season ended up. So I think that will be an interesting one to see. Mine, I guess it's I guess it's two games. It's it's the Chicago Bears. I only like to see that game or I think the game is interesting because of the Justin Fields pick. You know, Justin Fields in my mind was a realistic option for the Lions to take even though I didn't want that pick. I thought it could still have very well happen. I think there's a lot of people in the city that would have liked to have Justin Fields. So it will be interesting to see if if he's going to be the starter because you never know. They might want to sit him for a year. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like he's probably going to start right away. But it's just going to be interesting to see if Justin Fields is going to be a pain in our ass for the next 10 to 15 years or if it's going to be a bust for the Chicago Bears. And let's hope it's a bust, I guess. Yeah, uh, I, I'm really interested in that Chicago game too, just like you said, to see if Fields is playing but when I look at the schedule, it's hard for me to pick one. And like I said, we're going to go way more in depth on this later, later on. But when I look at the schedule, I look at week six and I look at Cincinnati, uh, Joe Burrow, electric dynamic kid coming back from the knee injury. Everybody says that he is fully rehabbed. Good to go. That was a fun offense with him slinging the ball last year before he went down. And like Bob said, in his, uh, his little review here, we're going to get a chance to see Chase coming into town. And if you recall back to our draft review, and I think pretty much everybody's consensus mock drafts, uh, it had it had Cincinnati taking Sewell and, and hopefully Chase then falling to us. And, and there was a lot of talk uh, leading up to the draft that we were trying to trade up. Were we trading up for Sewell? Were we trading up for Chase? Nobody knew. Um, so it's going to be fun to see what Akuda can do against that receiving core to see Joe Burrow back on the field. Um, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to that one from a pure, you know, game script football fan point of view. I'm, I'm looking forward to week six. Hey, Chad, did you give your top four, your Mount Rushmore running backs? I don't remember. Did you, did you agree with what we had to say or what did you think? 
you know what? I don't, I don't think I did. And I didn't disagree with anything um, that you guys were saying. And it's such a, such a tight group there at the top. I mean, Ronnie, you're a little more PC about Emmett Smith than I would be. I, if I haven't made it known already, I cannot stand the NFC East. Uh, I cannot stand the Dallas Cowboys of any era. You know, I'm not going to say that Emmett isn't a good football player, but if you start thinking about um, putting him on the Bears, the Niners, the Lions, that he wouldn't be he wouldn't be elevated to the level that he is. He had to hang in to to get his yards. So I don't even want him in my top five, man. Um, when I look at it, it's uh, it's like a close first and second between uh, Barry and, and and Walter for me. I think Barry number one, Walter number two. I'm not going to put Curtis Martin as high as three, but LP or Marshall Falk, three and four, I guess. You could invert those guys either way, but maybe rounding out my top five, Curtis Martin. So, yeah, I mean, I'm – I Ronnie and I have had this great debate since – again, since middle school. Some of the guys that I really liked watching and really appreciated, you know, what they did – uh, to further the position aren't guys that are on that list or not guys that are at the top of that list. You know, there's the power back um, is, is a very important thing in my opinion, when you start talking about greatest of all time, they don't play as big of a part in football today as they did 15, 20 years ago, but you know, there'd be a lot more power backs on my list of my top 20, top 25. So, but yeah, I, I like the athleticism that, that all of our top fives, ring they're very similar i also want to say hitch i totally agree with you the nfc east sucks and i'm tired of the nfl putting the washington football team or whatever whatever they're going to be called versus the new york giants on sunday night football or monday night football they both suck they're always going to suck so stop making us all watch it yeah I'd, i'd rather watch the jacksonville jaguars every monday night game instead of an nfc east game and you remember when we were kids, we used to make it a point to watch uh, Dallas versus Washington football team. Like we thought it was some kind of big deal. We were we were buying the crap that the NFL was feeding us. We were, we were playing into the hype until we got old enough to realize that both of these teams suck and they're not worth our time. And we would rather watch literally any other game. No doubt. I'd also like to add one thing about the relationship that Barry Sanders and Walter Payton had. I remember growing up hearing stories about it. My dad would tell me about it. And I remember when he retired, when Barry Sanders retired, I was, it, it just hurt so much. Like, why did my favorite football player of all time retire? Why is he leaving? I guess I just didn't understand at the time with how, what was going on in the organization. And maybe he just wasn't happy. There was a lot of stuff to just, that was going on there. But a thing that my dad, I remember that he heard and what he talked about, and I'm sure they talked about on the radio was just the, the amount of respect that Barry had for Walter when Walter passed away that Barry didn't want to break Walter's record. And I did find a quote in regards to the rushing title about what Barry said about breaking it. And Barry's quote was, I never valued it so much that I thought it was worth my dignity or Walter's dignity to pursue it amid so much media and marketing attention. So I think that's very important to realize where Barry's head was at, what Barry kind of thought of the game and what everything was going on in his life. He just thought there was other things that were bigger than football. And I think Barry is, he's just that kind of guy and you can't fault him for that. Well said, Ronnie. And I was trying to think of a way to, to work that in, but, but you, uh, 
you did it. So good job. Good point. Yeah, I think everything that you guys said is good and all, but what I forgot to tell you guys is that I like my steak uh, medium well. Um, I do like asparagus. Uh, sometimes I can eat broccoli if it's cooked right. So just keep that in mind um, when you guys are cooking for me in a couple of weeks. I'm kind of a picky eater, but medium well will work okay. Well, we all know how much you like mushrooms, so we'll uh, <laughs> we'll go extra mushrooms. So before we sign off, I want to uh, take another quick second, just like we did last week, to acknowledge the participation that we've had with the Detroit Lions Fan Forum. Episode four was pretty well received, but guys, if you can share these episodes for us, if you're listening to it, share it. If you're uh, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, share it. If you have feedback about um, what we can do differently or how we can make it more accessible to you, please reach out to us. But I wanted to go ahead and mention David L, John G, Devin W, and Tom P. Thank you guys. Keep it up. Keep the boards lively. Keep sharing these episodes for us. Keep giving us your feedback. We really appreciate it. And with that, we'll call it an episode and we'll see you guys next week. Signing off. Signing off.